I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illenials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And we are, once again, lacking the moist voice. Yeah, we don't know what's going on with him. Um, some recent contact, but, uh, you know, he's still still mysterious. I think he's gone into survival mode like a bear in the winter. Yeah. Speaking of survival mode, we've so once again, we do this podcast with video now. And uh, both both of your your current hosts have decided just to cut all their hair off on the, of their head. Yeah. Um. Because you know who needs it right now? Who needs it mm-hmm. ever? Honestly. True. I think hair is a scam that was invented by barbers. Yeah. They really worked hard on that one too. Yeah. The law. It's a long con, basically. But yeah, just got a hair. You know, cut my own hair. Everything is annoying, by the way. My boss. Oh. Has- <laughs> Grind, dude, to let, tell me what grinds your gears. Burns my butt is yeah. my boss has the exact same haircut as we have right now. Basically a buzz yeah. cut, crew cut, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, short as pretty much possible without shaving. Right, yeah. And so the thing is, though, is that he went and got his haircut last week. Of course, at, because he lives in Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was waiting for it. He was there 7.45 a.m. the first day the barbershop opened back up to go get his haircut. And today he saw my hair. Oh, you got a haircut. I said, yeah. He said, did you go get it or did you give it yourself? And I said, well, gave it to myself. And then he said, yep, yep. I'm going another week to get my haircut again. Got to keep it short. And I'm like, it would take you 10 minutes with clippers to do it to yourself. Why are you like this? Some of these guys, when I go to the barbershop, it's just like, they are these guys who have the haircut that you could do by yourself. No problem at all. And hey, I mean, hey, keep barbers employed. I'm, I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, now that I'm doing this, I'm actually considering just going to the barbershop and paying my barber for doing nothing. Oh, wow. Because I really like the guy. He was like, he, me and him, like, we we're good friends. Me and my barber are, like, tight. So I was only like, but I don't need it anymore. I'm going to keep, this shit's awesome. I'm going to fucking keep doing this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This it's, There's people, their, their hair will be half a centimeter longer than it was a week ago. And they'll be like, dude, this, I'm fucking, I, I feel like I'm in the the, the, the hippie the Beatles right now. Mm-hmm. It's very weird how people are very like anal about their hair. Because I just let it grow until I got tired yeah. of being long. Like, I didn't care. I would just go, I think I was like a month at least, maybe six weeks sometimes for to get a haircut. Just because, I mean, you know, like I said, I didn't care. It's like my beard. I, I just stopped cutting it at one point and just let it grow. And now I might cut it. Not because someone told me to. Originally, I was going to wait until someone at work like told me I couldn't have a beard this long anymore or that it looked bad. And now there's no work to go to anymore. No one can <laughs> complain. So, But now it's like it's so hot that it's just like it's time, I think. It's time I think it's time, shit. too. I agree. Um, but yeah, so how are things over in newly reopened Georgia? 
Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, the day after we reopened, we hit our record for number of cases in a, a day. Which oh, was a weird. Weird. Yeah. Really strange. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's still not getting any better because more stuff's opening back up. Today I went to go get some uh, some curbside pickup food, right? Because mm-hmm. that's more responsible than going inside or whatever. Yes. And I do, I'm like, I'm like you, I still do want to support like local restaurants because they they're having it tough right now. Yeah. Uh, because they, they mostly don't have the money to last very long. But when I went, I mean, there were people just coming and going, didn't give a shit, not a mask in sight. It's everyone kind of just running around, doing whatever. And I'm just like, man, when when the second wave of this shit hits, it's going to be bad. Yeah, because people, I mean, already openly refused to live the way they were supposed to. Which is, uh, one of the funny things to me is... Um, a couple, of, like a month ago, a month and a half ago or so, everyone was going to fucking Walmart, buying all the toilet paper they could. Stop! They were and they were there fighting each other for this toilet paper because they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have to stay inside for who knows how long." And then all of a sudden, they're just like, "Oh, we don't want to stay inside anymore. This is over." And it's like, "Well, then why did you make a big deal about it all that time ago? If you weren't even prepared to stay inside or follow any kind of rules, like why did you even go buy six hundred rolls of toilet paper? Like what did it do for you?" Yeah, all these crazy people who are going around protesting, say, open the state back up or whatever. Not just Georgia, everywhere is this shit zapping. Yep. It's like, these are the people who two years ago or five years ago or whatever called themselves preppers, right? Yeah. And repairing the end of the world. But now that it's actually not the end of the world, but like, like society is facing a serious issue, and you've been talking all this time about how you're going to survive the end, you're out there. Basically yeah. putting yourself in danger. I mean, realistically, all these people were quarantined, with quotes, for mm. a month. Like, at most, four probably solid weeks. If of, that. If that, of pretty light quarantine. Probably still going outside and doing some stuff. Which, we all have to do some stuff outside, but some extraneous stuff. And then, within one month, they realized they weren't prepared for it. And I'm just like, what are you going to do when it's worse? Which, it already, it already is worse. They just don't want to accept that. They're just like, no, we need to go back to how things were. This isn't how it's supposed to be. People are like, this has never happened ever. Why is it happening now? They don't understand that things change. Right. And what gets me is, so you know you know me, Seth, when I was a kid, I was very much into zombies, right? Yeah. Like, that was yeah. my thing. And uh, as I got older, I kind of came, I was like, yeah, okay, that's whatever. Zombies are, are, are just kind of a thing. And I got to a phase where I was like, well, that was kind of a dumb thing to, to be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of done me assessed with it, but mostly I was like thinking to myself, what well, could never happen, right? Even if you take, okay, sure, put science aside. The corpses are walking around, they're biting people. Yeah. We'd, still, we'd still win pretty easily, right? But now, I'm thinking there'd be people in the streets trying to hug and kiss the zombies yeah. to own the libs. They would want to go to their barber, who is a zombie. <laughs> the, the barber is just has been zombified. And is was sitting with scissors in his hand, and they want to do that so bad that they're going to yeah. have to. They've turned a fucking pandemic into a culture war issue. Yeah. They would do it with The Walking Dead. Exactly. Um, and it's like, yeah, at that point, we should root for the zombies. Zombies are the good guys. Let them win. Yeah. There's this really bizarre old zombie film. Uh, I think that Sam Raimi produced it but didn't direct it. But it has this like unknown, just random actor. But Bruce Campbell has has dubbed all of his lines for him. 
That's it's very hilarious. Weird. Yeah, it's called The Dead Next Door, and it's super okay. low budget, straight, yeah. I mean, no grindhouse almost quality. But in that movie, there are hippies and liberals who have signs protesting the treatment of the undead. And there's a scene where the main character, who's a cop, watches as a wave of zombies just starts devouring these long-haired, you know, protesters who are saying, free the undead or end the persecution. And I'm like, it's so funny how that was the that was a joke back then, but today it will be completely reversed. It will be yeah. liberals sitting in their houses watching as conservatives just get eaten by the zombies. So, yeah. I'm not afraid of a zombie. I'm not sure if you ever met somebody like this. We're not on the topic of zombies. But I, I always find it so funny. I met a couple of people in my life who, like, you know how there's, like, all those bumper stickers and stuff that's like, oh, zombie survivalist, zombie hunter academy, or some random bullshit that's so stupid and cringe and no one should ever own. But I've met people who claim to be zombie hunters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, I'm a zombie hunter. And mm-hmm. wh- I would always just brush them aside. But one time I was stuck in a place with a guy who said this and i was like you know what let me just ask him let me reason with him and see what what this means so he's like, i'm a zombie hunter i'm like what okay what does that mean he's like well i'm totally prepared to hunt and kill zombies he listed all the weapons he owns which is way more than a person ever needs i mean swords fucking crossbows fucking guns of uh, knives just so many weapons mm-hmm. um uh, bow and arrow all that stuff and i was like okay i was like so but you're you're a zombie hunter have you ever hunted and killed a zombie and then he's just like he froze he's like um he's like i 100 can hunt and kill a zombie i'm like okay but have you because you're not a zombie hunter if you haven't hunted a zombie and he just he just kept trying to circle himself around and i'm like why are people so obsessed with this fictional idea that they're a zombie hunter yeah. What what does this do for you? Can't you just say I like having weapons, and if zombies ever were to happen, I would hopefully be able to conquer a couple of them. Yeah, why aren't there like he'll go around saying they're vampire hunters or or werewolf hunters or I don't know fucking mummy hunters? Like where are those people at? I know. Why is it zombies? It's and, always and, zombies. Always. And uh, by the way, I just want to say this real quick to everyone out there: if you Please. consider yourself a zombie person or whatever. Uh, no shame. The Romero movies are fucking fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Good fiction. Yeah, there's so many good ones. But these whole this whole people who are saying I'm a zombie hunter with a sword, fuck off. Swords are not great for chopping heads or opening up skulls. Okay, disabuse yourself of the movie bullshit. Cutting off heads was very hard. They've been disillusioned by uh, Georgia's most popular export, The Walking Dead. (laughs) Wait, why do they think we we built the guillotine? Because it's fucking hard to chop off a head. So let yeah. gravity do the work for exactly. you. Exactly. And guillotines are like 10 feet tall and weigh like 700 pounds. So, yeah. I mean, they're not very easy to carry around weapons. So, yeah, it's just one of those silly things where I always see, like, people talking about how, like, they're going to use their sword to chop off a zombie. Like, even as a person, I don't know why I mean, this even happens, but, like, I guess they saw too much Kill Bill and thought that humans are just made out of, like, goo and are easily sliced apart. I mean, it's not just kill them. I mean, a bunch of movies just have people slice and people open with swords. And it's like, it's just not that, it's just not that way. Like, cutting through a person, especially if you're going to try and do something, like, through a bone, Mm. is very difficult. It is not something that most people can just do on a whim and then do over and over. Yeah. 
I think Medievalist actually said that a common battlefield problem was your weapon getting stuck in someone's bone. Yeah, that's something I was going to talk about. First of all, you don't just clean slice through a bone almost ever. I don't. That's not many people can do that. And when you don't do that, it get, you, we've cut wood before. If you get an axe stuck in wood, it takes for fucking ever to come out. Imagine yeah. if that wood was made of bone and you were carrying a sword. Right. It would take forever. That's why, that's why our main tactic throughout history is to hit them right here in the belly, in the soft part. Exactly. You know? Poke them, pull, and do it again. <laughs> it's just so... it's People don't understand. They're like... And also, how... You remember, we cut wood, like you said. Yeah. That shit tires you out. It is. That, that's another thing. Like I said, is... Okay, you... Let's say that... For some reason, zombies have very weakened spinal columns, and you can cut through one of their necks. Okay, cool. There's ten more in your yard. You're gonna be able to do that ten times? You yeah. fucking sweaty bastard? Like, could, I don't think so. You could be that huge guy from uh, Game of Thrones, the guy who played the mountain, and you'd still get tired pretty quick from, from trying to cut off heads, I think. Yeah. Um, also, not to stare at, I mean, people, zombie people... No problem with them. But the people out there who claim they are zombie hunters are always one type of person. Mm. And they, they, they drive a pickup truck. They probably have some kind of Confederate flag paraphernalia in their uh, in their house or in their truck or whatever. And they are, to put this in the nicest way possible, definitely not physically capable of doing half the stuff they want to do. Mm-mm. So... Mm. If, if, if you know someone like this, just sit down with them. Yeah. And let them know. It's just not real. I think that one thing, like, if people are, because we're, we're living in a time now where people are thinking about post-apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. Is people don't understand how reliant human beings are on a community and a civilization to support themselves. Like, the days of the hunter-gatherer are long past, and even then, they lived in tribes of 30 or 40 to 100 people at times. Like, one person cannot do it all. I'm sorry. Like, the movies yeah. lied to you. Like, yeah. Bear Grylls has, like, five-course meals in between takes on his show. I mean, it's not something you can do by yourself. Yeah. I mean, um, even a small group of five, or let's say five people, you still can't provide every single need for every person with, with five human beings like this is why i think that socialism will win by the way it's because humans naturally gravitate towards a community that we need to have each other and sometimes media or, or stories can like tell us otherwise but when you when the, when the shit hits the fan people understand they need each other yeah because but that, um, that you think about me. it oh go ahead oh, go ahead you go ahead i was just like you think about it about if you were to think about all the stuff that you need to live, and how could I get all this stuff, you're right. If it was just me, it's impossible. It's you couldn't a, do it. it. it so go yeah, ahead. So. I was. Um, you've read the book Dune, right? I love Dune. Yeah, it's a great book. I'm rereading it currently. And I was thinking about it, and I'm over here like, so this book is set in our universe, technically, because it's set in the year ten thousand one hundred something. So it's set like eight eight thousand something years in the future. And, you know, there's fucking planets, there's this guild, there's these business guilds, there's an emperor, all this stuff. Um, And on each of these planets, I mean, the book mostly focuses on one of them, but, you know, there there is a very, like, civilized, you know, technologically advanced upper class. And some of the planets, it's kind of everyone is like that. And then there's also these these people who are still very tribal and try to... um, you know, they, they have a very they have a big importance on water and the environment, um, the really basic needs of, of people. 
um, just to survive because they don't have this lavish lifestyle. And I, what I'm thinking is, do you think that's going to happen? Like, let's say we get to that point. We get mm-hmm. to 8,000 years in the future, whatever. Well, we probably won't be on Earth anymore. I mean, that's why Earth isn't in the fucking books. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what do you, you think? We, we get 8,000 years. We're on some other planets. Call them whatever you want. What's that going to be like? How many people are there going to be? How are we going to support them all? What's it, what, what do you think? Well, given that, well, I guess you have to assume that faster than light travel would exist. Because otherwise... Yes. I mean, it's 8,000 years. Each planet will be their own Earth with their own situations and they'll never have any con- you know, contact. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure if we got that far out, like, that book e- even still doesn't understand that we probably wouldn't even be the same species anymore. We'd probably yeah. be... Like, you know, the guild, right? Yeah. Like, they never really talk about it too much in the books, but they show it in uh, in Lynch's Dune, because it's hinted at in the books. They have just these big, bloated guys living in tanks that can fucking, like, see the future and shit. It's like, we'd probably be more like that, or like like robotic consciousness at that point, because we'd be so far gone from what we are now. Yeah. And Carl Sagan true. even said it. He was like, by the time we get off of Earth, we won't even be humans anymore. We'll be something better than humans. It's like in the movie, um... AI, how at the end, the fucking super advanced race is the one that's like, they fucking ride around in this cube vehicle and they can just see through time and code and everything. And like, it's just, because they're so advanced. Are those guys aliens or are they advanced No, humans? they were advanced. They were in, that's, that's a secret piece of trivia. Those are actually supposed to be an advanced race, an advanced wow. future form of humans, robot kind of hybrid almost. I so, always yeah. thought they were just like aliens that found Earth and were like, "What's up?" Me too. And I read some. I read some stuff about the movie, and yeah, especially in an advanced race. But uh, well, I mean, we already know, Seth, as we've seen, aliens are real. We've seen the videos. We've all watched them. What? Uh, Wait, what? You didn't see the videos from like two years ago, where they they released those videos, the UFOs, the, the, the most recent ones. I mean, yeah. Well, the U.S. Navy came out and said they're real. It was like those are wow. real videos. That's bombshell. They did not say they were aliens. They are UFOs. But I would like to see the explanation for what that thing was and how it did what it did. <laughs> like, yeah. and so the thing is, the so funny part to all this is, so let's just say we found out aliens are real. Let's say tomorrow aliens show up, right? And it's like, hey, I'm not sure our lives would change that much at this point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'd make it better. Maybe they would just. You know, come down and fix shit. As uh, Posadism. I think the aliens would probably just do a flyby. Just be like, no, no, roll the windows up. Bad neighborhood. Get out, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because, like, once again, if aliens come to our planet, that means they have probably discovered faster than light travel um, and are smart enough to do that and have ships that can sustain long long trips with lots of life forms on them they will be way smarter than we will be in probably two three thousand years yeah either they're gonna come they will come down here and just fucking destroy us all and take our brains for biofuel i don't even know what the fuck they're gonna want. Yes. exactly they're gonna skyline us <laughs> or they're gonna be like who gives a shit and just back up just just put it in reverse beep 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 and get out of our fucking galaxy yeah like, you don't see us going out of the jungle and trying to teach, you know, monkeys how to do human shit. Like, why well, well, they teach us how to do alien shit? Exactly. Would that would care. be demeaning to a monkey. Yeah. It's, like, you, people probably not understand the... Con- like, the arrival, I guess, is a pretty good demonstration of this, yeah. right? Like, how they think non... They don't really think in, like, linear yeah. time. Arrival is a really good example of a movie where the aliens feel truly alien. 
Yeah. Right, they're not humanoid. They're just fucking weird, and they they just think differently. They are not. They don't have our same ways. Have you ever seen uh, Solaris? No, I have not. I would not watch the American George Clooney one. I'd watch the original Soviet uh, uh, movie, but it's like about an uh, astronaut or a cosmonaut on a, above an alien planet studying it, and it's and he's trying to figure out what's going on, and the alien that is the planet is trying to communicate with him through visions of his dead wife. And it's a fascinating film. It's very good, but it's also a movie that makes an alien feel alien. You know, like something weird and beyond this beyond this world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that. So you know that if you ever if you ever read any later Dune stuff, uh, the Butlerian Jihad was a big deal, right? Like uh, they invent because you know in Dune, in Dune there's no computers, they don't yeah. exist. There's like machines, but nothing that can calculate because there's like those guys, the Mentats, who can do like yeah, math in their heads. Everything. And because they because a long time ago there was a robotic uprising, like Terminator shit happened, and they had to like fight a Jihad across the galaxy to defeat the robots. Um, this is not very much gone into in the Frank Her- Herbert books, which, by the way, if you ever read any more, I would just stop at God Emperor of Dune, but it's some wild shit. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, I've read Dune before. I'm rereading it now, um, because I love it. It's such a good book. I haven't read it since high school. And I did go and I bought the other books. And I, I bought up until God Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, because I, I, I just, like, I think Frank Herbert is just a fucking weirdo, and I just want to see... Because, like, once again, if the books get weirder and weirder, like, I know the quality definitely goes down, but I just want to see what this motherfucker thinks of, because he's just, he's wild, and I just want to see more of it. Yeah, he was definitely, his big thing was environmentalism. He was a total, like, he was very much anti-oil, petroleum. He thought that was a bad, hey, he was right, right? What can we say? He was right. Also, you Um, do now, and, like, it's, like, some of the language is a little bit old. But I would have like I would have thought he wrote it in like the eighties. That book is from nineteen sixty five. Yeah. That book came out before Star Wars. Yeah. I, I did not ever realize that book was he died in like the eighties. He was already yeah. dead. I was like, yeah. what the hell? I mean that book is so forward thinking. Besides like like not having a reliance on computers, which I guess you could almost call forward thinking. Like mm-hmm. he so much stuff is right and so much stuff is just just so, I don't know, he had such an incredible vision. And all these well, words think, just throws at you. Smart guy. Well, think about it. In 65, you're talking about he didn't have, like, computers, right? But no, he actually thought there would be computers and that we would need to get past them because they would have their own problems. Yeah, that's, not, that's right what I'm saying it. is, like, you know, if you wrote something about right now, it would be like, oh, reliance on computers. But he might just be thinking so far past it that he's just like, yeah, they realized computers were stupid. Yeah. Because if you read, like, some some Jules Verne sci-fi from, like, the turn of the fucking uh, the, the 20th century, he didn't even think about the idea of a fucking transistor. So all of his shit still, like, you know, steam-powered. So, like, yeah. that was not very forward-looking. But some people do manage to, to nail it. <clears throat> I think you said you were going to read uh, Neuromancer, right? I do want to yeah, read Neuromancer as well. well. Interesting fact about that book is that William Gibson, when he wrote it, did not know anything about computers. Really? It's not a goddamn thing. Hmm. But so many computer people read it and then tried to emulate it in real life that he kind of accidentally put it in the future. Wow. Like, the dream of the virtual reality, like, space that people inhabit and then communicate in is still a lie. He was trying to do and they've kind of done it in some ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's funny, we've... Might not exist. And we talked about Dune, and we talked about Arrival, and mm-hmm. we haven't talked about the the link between the two 
is that yep, Den- yep. Denis Villeneuve is taking on the impossible task of making Dune into a movie. Side note, I feel like every time we say his name, we use a different pronunciation, and one day we're going to find that correct pronunciation. I, I think, I, I saw an interview once, I'm pretty sure it's Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I think that's how you say it. Once again, Spanish, I could be wrong. He's French, right? I don't know, I think he's from Spain. I don't know. I can't remember where he's from. But yeah, I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Because didn't he make movies in Canada before here? I think so, yeah. So I think Enemy was made. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, he is trying. He or he he has made at least one movie um, for Dune, and Dune is for a lot has been considered very much unfilmable. It was made into a movie by David Lynch, which some people think is a cult classic, and some people who are smart think is just really bad. Um, and it was made into a miniseries for uh, Sci Fi Channel, which is just terrible and yeah. unwatchable by all um, standards. I will say, I will be the guy that. The Sci-Fi Channel adaptation was an admirable attempt. It did stick closer to the source material than the David Lynch movie did. Yeah. Because I think it, had, it definitely had more time to work with as a being a miniseries, right? Yeah, because it was like four hours long. But the money um, just wasn't there. That's the thing. Is the money wasn't there. there the cast wasn't there. Um, there wasn't, wasn't very good acting. And that, it's just hard to get past those kinds of things when you're trying to make this kind of movie. Especially when it's something that's so dense for a lot of people to understand. Um... But Denis Villeneuve, a man who has made very good movies, but not ones that are very financially successful, has somehow convinced a studio to give him, apparently at this point he's guaranteed two movies, no matter how bad the first one does, he is guaranteed the second movie, and it has one of the best casts, I mean just every person who's in Hollywood is in the new Dune movie, it's like a Wes Anderson cast, honestly, mm-hmm. and I, I really, I mean we've seen images so far, which I'm down with. I mean, they're not revolutionary, but once again, to get a movie like this made, you might have to make some concessions, make stuff a little more mainstream. But we don't have a trailer yet. But my God, am I excited. Because I really think if there's a director we can give it to right now, it's Villeneuve. He is such a fucking genius. He understands sci-fi. He understands story. He's a fucking fantastic filmmaker. And I really, really, really want to see what he does with the movie. I'm so excited. I can't disagree, man. I love Dune. I've loaded it ever since I first read it. And uh, Villeneuve is a fantastic filmmaker. I mean, I loved Arrival, which was fantastic. Uh, Blade, Blade Runner 2049. Which just completely... Who would have seen that coming? One of my all-time favorite movies. Um, a movie yeah, I say that no one asked for a sequel no, to Blade Runner. No one ever asked for it. And, I, and to be honest, if you had told me that it was being made, and when it, when it was first was announced, I was like, who wants to watch that? Like, why? And then he was the director, and I was like, okay, well, I'm interested. And I saw it, and I was like, okay, well, this is fucking fantastic, actually. Yeah, and, I mean, a take that I don't consider to be hot at all, better than the original Blade Runner. Ooh, that is, that to me, that's still a hot take. I that's don't consider a, it hot at all. I, th- I, just, I really, really love that movie. I, I just... <laughs> I love them both, but I really, really fucking enjoy Villeneuve's look. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we watched we watched Enemy, right? That was Enemy, <clears throat> a great movie. Sicario. Um, that was him, wasn't? It? I thought he was yeah. Sicario. Yeah, he okay, did, he didn't do the sequel, but he did the first one. Um, but I yeah. heard weird stuff about that sequel. Yeah, apparently it's not very good. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's not great. I've heard that it has very good scenes, but overall. It has like two or three scenes people are like, oh, this is really good, but not like the original movie. And then the rest of it was like, well, this is just bad. Yeah. There's a lot of movies like that. I haven't seen Sicario, but I need to watch that at some point. 
but yeah, um, so Dune has been considered unfilmable, and he's trying. Yeah. And I, I have a I have a pitch, even though the movie's already filmed, of a pitch for how he can make it a little more understandable for everyone else. Okay. I think he should Mad Max this shit. And you already know black what I mean. Black and white? Huh? Sorry, is it black and white? No, no, no. Mad Max. Okay. So what he should... Because when you watch... I've watched all four Mad Max movies in the past two weeks. Um, wow. And I gotta say, one thing they do, which is... I mean, they're obviously not as dense or intellectual as you will, if you will, of the Dune novel. But they both do two very similar things. They They tell you stuff with no explanation they throw a bunch of words at you a bunch of new terms a bunch of stuff that you don't understand because you don't live in their society you don't live in their time stuff isn't the way that it is but they just keep saying them and they don't really ever have to explain it you start to understand through context with whether it be you know 10 seconds after you first hear the word or 400 or you know maybe 200 pages later you finally understand it but they just say it and they move on mm-hmm. and i think that's exactly what Villeneuve should do because one of the reasons this book is considered so unfilmable the two big reasons are one there's just so much so many words he says that just don't make any sense to a person Gamjabar Gamjabar Bene Gesserit you know Mintat all these things that at first you're like I don't what the fuck is this and so if you just throw that at the viewer and don't fucking worry about it they'll figure it out that's what the book does Mm -hmm. the book just you figure it out over time and there's the newer yeah. editions, like the one I have has like a glossary in the back, but you don't have to use the glossary. You'll figure it out. You're not an idiot. So throw the words at us. The second reason it's unfilmable is because so much stuff happens in, in the characters' heads, mm-hmm. which the David Lynch film admirably does just do. They just sometimes, the characters will stand still and think for like 20 seconds, and you'll hear their narration and everything. Um, but that, but it's one of the many reasons that movie is not considered very good because it just, it's hard to just put a camera on someone and let them think and have no real action. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I really want to know how he's going to handle all that stuff. Cause I, I think, he'll, I think he'll do great. I think that it's, it'll be difficult to show us, to show a character like their thoughts without, without actually saying it or narrating it in some way. But I do think that audiences can fit. Cause, cause Dune is not, in my opinion, uh, an incredibly complex, a humanistic interplay of, of ideas, right? Like, sure. It's like Star Wars, in my opinion. Motivations are very simple. Somebody wants this, they do this to get that thing or to accomplish this goal. And I think that if a skilled filmmaker could show that with just action instead of words. Yeah. And and honestly, audiences, I think, are a little bit smarter than they're given credit for in a lot of ways. Like, you said about Mad Max, right? Uh, you know, Fury Road, uh, probably one of the greatest films ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. I watched uh, it two days ago. A fucking incredible movie. The War Boys, okay? Yes. The War Boys are a great example of world building because no one ever looks and points at a War Boy and says, you know, that's a War Boy, and here's what War Boys do. Yeah. But the word War Boy is used exactly. in relation to them, and you, you see know, what they, they have do. white skin, they talk about Mahala, mm-hmm. they spray paint their mouth, and they're about to do something crazy. I mean, you know this. You know all this yeah. stuff, and it just, it's like, okay, that's who they are. I get it. Whatever. Yeah. You understand it through just watching a movie in context clues. Yeah. And... I feel like a lot of filmmakers have forgotten the tricks they used to use in the days of silent films where they had to only do visuals to show you stuff. Yeah. And they had, there was no talking at all. I really wish they'd go back and, and, and watch those movies again. And I know we can, now we can use words. That's great and all that. But you watch some of those old silent films and they still hold up today. Like a Buster Keaton comedy. You still laugh at that shit today because the gags, yeah. are, they work. <laughs> There's no and work talking. 
one of the reasons that Mad Max Fury Road is one of those movies that pretty much works without dialogue is that George Miller didn't start with the script. He made the storyboards first and made the script after mm-hmm. because that movie isn't about words. I mean, I re- there was a Reddit post the other day that Max only has like 60 lines in the whole movie and Furiosa only has 80. Yeah. I mean, for a two for a over two hour movie, even if it's a balls to the wall action movie, that's pretty low for the two main characters. Because mm-hmm. the words didn't fucking matter. You could watch that. You could just turn all the dialogue off, watch it with just the sound of the visuals, and you'll fucking understand it. It's just a great yeah. movie. Well, people made fun of of George Lucas for his extensive storyboarding of the the prequels, but it pays off because, like the first movies, really, you can watch the prequels with no sound. And you get what's happening. Like, you don't need to hear the words. And you can watch Rise of Skywalker with no sound and no audio and no video, and you'll be happy. Like, it'll, it'll, you'll be like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. I was going to mention that real real quick. So, Disney Plus turned out to not be really the killer app that I think a lot of folks thought it was going to be, right? Like, thus far has not destroyed the competition. Yeah, because Disney Plus is not going to have something like Tiger King. Mm. Or just to talk about something recent. Something that Netflix released and everyone fucking talked about. and Because that is just the type of thing that you are never going to see on Disney+. Plus. You will see things like The Mandalorian and these new Marvel shows. And yeah, we're going to watch them and talk about them, whatever. But, I don't know, there's just some, there's something about the, the cultural import that something like... Like, Netflix has done this three or four times now, where they just have some new show or movie and we all go and fucking watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all talk about. I mean, ESPN is doing it now with the, the Last Dance, their Michael Jordan documentary. I mean, it, it people are fu- are watching it and talking about it a lot. And Disney Plus doesn't really have that yet. Um, but the Mandalorian yeah. was supposed to be their big thing, right? And yeah. then and it is, but it's it the season's over. But you know, what I think Seth really, I really do think that Disney Plus happened, and then the Mandalorian was pretty good. People liked it and were like, oh yeah, I like this show. This is great. And then there's been kind of like, what's their content now? What's yeah, coming out? They're just waiting for these Marvel shows to start. But they don't have anything besides that. The other thing I think is, people got their eyeballs and their ears assaulted by the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And they saw that and were like, oh wait, maybe I don't have to be on Disney Plus because I don't want to ever watch this shit again. Yeah, it was so funny the other day. Um, so I, I used the, the AMC, like, pay monthly and you can watch as many movies as you want thing. Which is... They pause memberships right now because of Corona, but they still have like an online service where you can rent movies, kind of like on Amazon, and watch them. And they were like, fi- "They're like, finally, you can rewatch Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker." And I'm like, "You have no idea who you're advertising to, do you?" Um, and then I got an ad on today. I was on Instagram. I got an ad for Disney Plus that was like, "Now Rise of Skywalker is on Disney Plus." And I'm like, "There's no faster way to get me uninterested in something than to use those three words." I watched it twice. I, I don't it twice. think I will ever watch it again. No, it's a comp- it. Sadly, it is one of those memorable movies I've ever seen because I remember everything I hate about it. Yeah. I mean, literally verbatim. I can probably rattle off all the shit I hate. Um, but yeah, and it's so it sucks because there's probably there's like moments in like Goodfellas that I just don't remember off the top of my head, but I'll remember fucking all the stupid shit that happens in that movie out of nowhere. And I just wish I could replace all those moments with good movies. Seth, there's memories of my own life that I've forgotten to oh, make. Yeah, I've given up on remembering that shit. Um, I can't remember my fucking eighth birthday, but I can definitely remember the part where Ray and fucking Kylo Ren kiss. Oh my god! Thank you, movie. Fucking stupid ass end of that movie. But you know what? Let's talk about it. You know what? Fuck it. We're not even talking about it. By the way, did you hear that the explanation for that kiss is it was not romantic? 
What was it supposed to be? Social? Uh, comradely kiss. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that all the time in movies. Yep, yep, yep. Always kiss my comrades. Yeah, and it happens in, like, movies all the time. Like, two people are about to go off to fight, they... And then they're done. Yeah. Easy. Fuck you, Abrams. Fuck you. One thing I like, though, is the end of of, uh, Rogue One. They resisted doing that. Yes. Those two characters just hugged and died. Yes. And I can believe... actually a pretty cool movie. I can believe in a comradely hug. I get that. Yeah. But I don't think you're kissing your friends. Yeah, like... kiss on the lips. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, J.J. Abrams. Um, you actually suck, and you've actually never been good at anything. So, goodbye. It's, it's so funny to watch Star Wars is now falling into the J.K. Rowling trap. We're trying to explain stuff that happened. Yeah. And it's like, if you're explaining it, you failed to convey it the first time. You know? It's always, it, you know, having a little Easter egg and being like, oh, actually, this thing that was non-consequential was actually this. That's fine. But when they're going on fucking Twitter and telling us we were supposed to know about all those Star Destroyers because we all play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And even then, apparently the Fortnite event still doesn't explain everything. They just explain mm-hmm. all that through tweets. They're just like, oh, yeah, actually, the way they had a thousand Star Destroyers is because. And I'm like, how else you fucking tell me that in the movie or don't have a thousand Star Destroyers? Okay? I don't fucking need this in my life. Now, I will say this. I am a little bit still tempted to describe Disney Plus for one reason. What's that? And it is Dave Filoni's uh, Clone Wars edition they've made. Have you, have you seen this about this? I've heard it. I mean, so far I've heard it's stellar. I've heard it is some sick shit. Like, yeah. It, and some of the shit that I've seen, it, like, the scenes that I've seen look amazing. Yeah. And, hey, while we're on the topic, we, we'll, we'll praise him for a minute. They did announce today a new Star Wars movie is being directed and co-written by Taika Waititi. I mean, I have, like, kind of like Villeneuve, I have a lot of trust in this guy. I think he's a very, very fresh filmmaker, and he's very cool. So, And he did a bunch of stuff for uh, Mandalorian. So yeah. if they kind of bring some of that energy, have maybe Dave Filoni even in there, that'll be really good and make a new movie that maybe will be enjoyable. As someone who has now seen what we do in the shadows, I think Taika Waititi is an amazing yeah. director. Fucking genius. He's, he's great. And Thor Ragnarok was easily the best of the Marvel, like that phase of the Marvel movies. Like Thor Ragnarok, just yeah. fun. I you could watch that movie with no context, and it's great. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, I think Dave Filoni is good because, uh, like George Lucas, he is a mad genius, and Star yeah. Wars needs a mad genius to make it. I'm sorry, J.J. Abrams does not cut it. He no. doesn't. And, and Ryan Johnson tried that. He had that mad genius energy in his movie. He did it. Yeah. It got dragged down, I think, by the studio. But he 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 went for it in what he yeah. had. And then they just let J.J. Abrams destroy everything he built. I will say, Seth, we both talked about this earlier uh, off of the, off the podcast, but the Lovecraft Country trailer came out. Yes. And I'm personally, and I'm excited because... Yes. I know that it's you're not supposed to be, but fuck everybody else. I'm still a fan of Lovecraft's stories. Why are you I not supposed to be? Because he's like homophobic or something? He was a massive racist. Oh, okay. Um, but I think that, love, of course, first of all, Lovecraft Country is a rejection of all that. It was written by a black author talking about you know racial issues in America, using Lovecraft as a way of doing that. Yeah. Um, but in the trailer, they show the monster, which was weird. But also, Seth, I'm a little bit concerned because J.J. Abrams is involved. Yeah, he is a producer, but so is Jordan Peele. Mm. So we got a bit of a balance there. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think showing the monster was weird, and my only, my only hope there is that maybe it's just one of many fucked up monsters that we'll see, and it might play into a bit of the psychological horror stuff um, later. Someone did point out, and I do agree with this assessment, that Jordan Peele is at a point in his career right now where he's probably one of the few people that could say no to Abrams. Yeah, he has, he has the blankest of checks right now. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and he is. He yeah. just does everything. It's and it's awesome. I mean, I think I mean his his two original movies so far have been stellar, and he's on he's on a path to become one of the great American directors. So yeah, yeah. people want to work with him right now, and he just does whatever the fuck he wants. So if there's somebody that can rein Abrams in, I think it might be him. Yeah. Uh, that that show looks pretty interesting. Seth, have you watched? I haven't watched it yet, but have you watched the uh, the Westworld season three? I just literally just watched the finale before we recorded. So before, without any spoilers for me, please, what did yeah. you think? How did you feel about it? Oh, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I mean, that show, like, okay, season one is like one in the pantheon of great seasons of television. I love it. Season two, bug nut. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, you can't, there's no coherent plot in that entire season. You cannot convince me of that. I've watched it two times. It makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And season three... Makes a little more sense, but still absolutely just is stupid. It makes no sense. But I still kind of enjoy watching it every week. So I don't know. It's the the, the very last episode, the one I just watched, the very last episode of season three was pretty cool. But it was one of those things where I feel like you saw season two, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of season two, like going into season three, there's something you can do very early on. And I feel like this this whole season did what I would have done in the first episode of this, the third season. Okay. Um, so it stretched it out. It had, a, it had a great performance from Aaron Paul, who I love. But, yeah, it was, ju- it was just like, there, you just get into all this weird corporate espionage bullshit with the company, you know, Delos, and then the other comp- there's another company now, and they have, like, this machine. And also, the, this, the season three of this and the, the season of that just happened to that show, Devs, Strikingly similar in some of their uh, some of the plots they use. Wow, devs did it way better. Um, weirdly similar in that, um, and yeah, I mean every episode. I'm just like, I mean, there, there's like a, a twist kind of in like episode. I don't know, maybe four or five, maybe six. I can't remember how deep into the season it happens, and I'm just like, this is so stupid. Like, who fucking writes this shit? It makes no sense at all. But I kept watching, and I, I just watched more episodes, and I'll probably watch season four whenever that shit happens, so I don't know. It is, it's really bad at this point, but season one, per- perfect, like a 10 out of 10 season. Well, I heard that it, like, goes full cyberpunk. Like, there's no Westworld oh, stuff it, anymore. Yeah, 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 you're not on Westworld. They say the words every once in a while, but no, it's full cyberpunk future. A lot of the, a lot of the VFX and, like, set designs they do, pr- production design stuff for this futuristic, like, helicopters and motorcycles and robots and shit... Is awesome. It looks so cool, and the mm-hmm. the VFX scene deserves a lot of credit for some of the cool. Sh- especially in the last episode, they actually did one really cool effect that I liked. Um, that shit all is like really cool. Um, the production design stuff is completely on point. It kind of a lot of times it does do that whole like you know Apple feature everything's very clean and sleek, but they do have their own take on it, which is really cool. But the plot, no sense. No, not no, no not coherent in any way. I would say. Yeah. That's I've heard is complete nonsensical shit yeah. happening. You should still watch it if you f- think you can have fun, but it is yeah. 
It it makes no sense. Because season two, I was already well on the way to being like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I feel like they pinned season one and they were like, we made it. We made the next show. And they mm-hmm. did. It was awesome. We all loved it. And then they just, season they had no ideas for season two. Yeah. They they had no fucking clue what to do. They were trying so hard to recapture, like, recapture the Game of Thrones audience. I think that they just like, hey, you know what audiences really like? Just intrigue. Things are gonna happen. Like, yeah. there's oh, no weird season, double season three of this show is way better than the last season of Game of Thrones, though. I oh mean, yeah, it's like season five of Breaking Bad compared to Game of Thrones. You would need to try very hard to be worse than that last season of Game of Thrones, and especially that last episode. I mean, oh, oh. Uh, I actually took about two hours for some ungodly reason to watch the Netflix film Extraction. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Russo produced Hemsworth starring as Rake. Yeah, Tyler Rake. Fantastic. Who name. at one point kills someone with a rake, apparently? Yes, he does. He does okay. kill someone with okay. a rake. That's actually pretty funny. I didn't realize that just now. Um, but it's a movie that is two hours long. Uh, it's yep. an action film. But it only really has two action scenes. They both last about 20 minutes, which is a pretty, a pretty long time for an action thing to, to happen. And the first one does the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, single single shot, you know, uh, gimmick. Where yeah. you go, it's just like one shot. A one long. yeah. A one yeah. But it's not real, right? Like, you can, it's like Birdman, where you can clearly see where the cuts are. Yeah, yeah, made. they like digitally did it, like, yeah. And Seth, I gotta say, these cuts that they, these, these fake cuts, or I'm oh, sorry, the real cuts that were covered up, they're so egregiously put in that I wish they had not even done the gimmick of the Warner. Really? Because it just ruined the entire scene. Like, it's a good... If you were doing regular cuts, it would have been a good action scene by itself. But doing this gimmick just made it look really bad. Yeah, I think um, that 1917 kind of ruined that for a lot of people because, like, its whole gimmick was that it was, you know, one of those fake one-shot movies. And it's like a big action war movie, which is very hard to do. I mean, Roger Deakins is a genius. But now yeah. I think everyone wants to do that. They're like, oh, we should do a fake one-take action movie. And it's like, no, it's not really for everything. And maybe uh, if you have a cinematographer as good as Roger Deakins, fucking go for it. But you probably don't. No. I do want to I want to praise one person in this film. Now, Chris Hemsworth, he does his thing. He goes to Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing it, whatever he's fine. He beats up Bangladeshi children, you said? He does start slapping the shit out of Bangladeshi children that are armed with guns, to be fair. But he is destroying them in street combat, and it's wow. amazing. But, so he's fine, whatever. They give him one of those things where he's like, oh, his kid died, and he's tortured by it. You know, stereotypical mm, action yeah. you know, uh, hero thing. But I want to praise one guy in particular uh, who I knew nothing about going into because the cast is mostly uh, Bangladeshi or Indian. There's a guy named, uh, I'm going to probably butcher his his name here, Rondeep Huda, Mm -hmm. who plays Saju, who just blew me away with being an amazing action star. Like, he is standing on the same level as Chris Hemsworth in this movie. Wow. Kicking a similar amount of ass and and looking good doing it. It's amazing. Nice. So I'll, I, I give praise that dude. He's a, he's great. I want to see him more stuff because uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Okay, well, also, David in, Harbour shows up. If he's in a Netflix movie, he's going to be in like 20 Netflix movies. So just watch out for those. True. Speaking of which, when do you think that uh, they're going to put Black Widow on Disney Plus? It's supposed to come out already. They've pushed the date to November, which at first I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be a Disney Plus release. But... I mean, we're already pushing open stuff back up, 
and maybe by November the second wave will hit and it won't even matter when Black Widow hits Disney Plus because there won't be Disney Plus. Yeah, um, that's true. But if if not, and if we somehow just force people to keep going out and stuff and just keep dying, then, I mean, yeah, I think it'll probably probably just hit theaters. It's really weird uh, at this point. Like, all these movies that are, starting, that are not getting released right now, you know? It's like... Yep. They're pushing them back, all this kind of stuff. And I'm figuring, like, you know, now is the time to probably just start putting stuff on streaming. And we talked about it before. This could be the death of the theater as a concept. I don't know. I would hope not, because I like going to the theater. I love it. But I would not mind a world where a movie comes out in the theater, but also comes out on streaming on the same day. You know? Yeah. Pay, pay for it or whatever if you need to. That's fine. It's just one of those things where I would not be surprised. Right? Yeah, that's true. And it'll be fine. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, so, Seth, we have to talk about the coronavirus stuff real quick. Oh, yeah. Did, did you see that yesterday in Wisconsin, a security guard was shot in the head for saying someone should have a mask on? By whom? Uh, the, uh, he Basically, he told this woman she couldn't come in without, without a mask on. And five minutes later, a guy walks up and is like, who's harassing my daughter? And the guy said, well, she has to have a mask on. And the guy just ventilates him in the head immediately. Wow. No, no further words exchanged. That is... I mean, here's the thing. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, that guy was going to shoot somebody in the head someday. Yeah. That means we just found him fucking early. Because that is psychopathic mentality. It is. I mean, you that guy was going to kill someone eventually. And it just happened to be this unlucky soul. I just like I'm just here's I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. You know? Yeah. That, that that this particular event has not happened. Yeah, and people are like, I've seen people who are like on the streets trying to interview people who are protesting and people who are taking precautions, you know, wearing gloves, masks, like booties, all that stuff. And they're just like, they're like, oh, I won't even take answer your question unless you take your mask off. Yeah. It's like. What the fuck? Why does that even matter to you? If, if even if there, even if we weren't in a pandemic and somebody was wearing a mask and wanted to ask me a question, I would answer them. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like what does it matter to you that they that they're wearing the mask? And oh my god, there was demonstrations um, in Charlotte the other day, and people were fucking hand. Uh, they were handing out Trump flags. They were. I mean, it is. It, it was, and the people who were like out the videos. I saw people who were out there interviewing with masks on. Even they got some. They were like, "Oh yeah, you're wearing a mask. Get get away from me," which is weird it's kind of the opposite <laughs> they're, they're a mask they should be fine yeah um but yeah and people just don't fucking care and probably by by next week i'm gonna be going back to work so i mean and i'm gonna be in a building they literally had somebody who had covid19 in the building just a couple weeks ago yeah so you know good times i used to look at like pictures and videos from like japan and china and korea where people would wear masks you know pretty uh, uh pretty commonly and i'm thinking to myself well that's dumb and now I get it, though. I understand why they do that. Like, it's not a joke. Yeah. Like, this shit can, can really have a, a, a huge effect on you, so I understand. Well, I actually got called today by my work for a full staff meeting we had to go to. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I thought they were going to send us back to work. That's not what was happening. Instead, they're saying they have to cut our budget by 14%. Uh-oh. And they're talking about furloughs, which... Yeah. Christ alive, dude. Like, that would really fucking suck to get furloughed, you know? And Hell yeah. Even worse, layoffs. They were saying if it comes to it, we might have to do layoffs. And I'm just like, Christ. And I, I mean, I'm lucky to have my job. Like, we currently now, I think, have 30 million people without a job in America, which is yeah. an insane number. And so I, I feel lucky to still have a job, but still, like, it's going to get rough. 
for a lot of people very quickly. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the reasons people are out there. They're like, oh, this is this is why I'm out here protesting. Is people are losing their jobs, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, that sucks. But maybe, just maybe, this would be a good time for us to take a step back and realize that people are more important than the economy, and we have the resources to create a, you know, maybe not, we can't, we're not at post-labor just yet, but we can minimize labor, and we can make people, you know, these, we can make essential workers paid more and make people, you know, be able to work from home, people who, you know, people can keep their jobs, people can keep getting paid regardless um but people are just so upset and the weird thing is people who are out there protesting aren't normally people who like work at starbucks it's like soccer moms who just want to go back out and do all the shit go back go to starbucks like yeah it's it's really weird people the, the protests that are happening yeah it's it's one of those things where I, I really hate the fact they keep calling essential workers heroes like these heroes yeah because i hate the idea of heroes in general but yeah. oh you know call them heroes all you want pay them 30 percent more than you paid them now Exactly. Yeah. Exact. Give them the fucking protective things they need. Their fucking PPE and pay them hazard pay for being there. Yeah. Oh, also calling me a hero does not make me does not give yeah. does not give me anything. Why is it that people like you know regular working people and small businesses are supposed to have saved for an emergency like this, but big corporations get multi billion dollar uh, stimulus because yeah. they didn't save for a moment like this? It's like really. You mm-hmm. fo- you own one of the biggest companies in the world, and y- you're not expected to, you know, have hazard pay and to have you know some kind of financial backup for a situation like this. But the mom and pop shop is supposed to, and people who work at fucking Dunkin' Donuts are supposed to. What the what the fuck is the problem? Oh, the payroll protection program. Did you see this? No. It's supposed to like give loans to small businesses so they can cover their payroll expenses, right? Yeah, no, just pay them. Do you know how long it took for it to run out of money? A couple hours. Five minutes! Oh, wow. They The fucking website crashed. The computer software, whatever it was supposed to run the goddamn thing, crashed in five minutes. And they can't, they, they ran out of money. And they found out that the com- big companies, like these, these like car dealerships that span an entire state, were cheating the system by using individual store numbers to apply for this, to count as a small business wow. and get loans. Zero percent interest loans. Whatever. It's still a loan. It sucks. But it's like... What the fuck? <laughs> like, he ran yeah. out in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's just crazy to me that so many people were expected to just have, I don't know, I mean, if you're a, an individual, and let's say you lose your job and you should have to pay rent and food and stuff, you'd, you for, let's just say, three months. It's probably It'll probably be longer, but let's just say three months. You would have to have thousands of dollars saved up. You know, let's say at least three to $4,000, depending on where you live. Um, which, proportionally means that, you know, multi-billion dollar businesses should have a billion or two dollars saved up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. They don't make any preparations for stuff like this because they 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 think everything's just going to always work the way that it does. And luckily for them, we just keep bailing them out. They can just the, keep doing business as usual. The Fed can create trillions of dollars out of thin air to keep the stock market going, but they, they give us $1,200 one time. Yeah, they give one time $1,200 payment to everybody. Lindsey Graham has said that they will pass another stimulus bill over their dead body. Hey, wow. Lindsey. Hey, Lindsey. It might actually be your dead body, buddy. Yeah, because there is a pandemic going on, and you could very <laughs> easily get this virus and die. You might also catch a... <laughs> Sorry, couldn't say that. I'll Wait, one that. In a video game. In a video game. In Minecraft. Yeah. 1v1 me. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I'm just saying, like, they're so stupid. Like, Steve Mnuchin was like, $1,200 from last to average American 10 weeks. Are you stupid? 
Yeah. Steve Mnuchin, how much money do you spend in two weeks, motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. The guy who produced Suicide Squad and gave us that? Yeah, and, uh, the house. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I don't, I mean, people are fucking ridiculous. I mean, people who haven't lived off $1,200 in two weeks and probably in their entire life are saying everyone else should be able to. Yeah. Also, Fisher should make you live for two weeks. You gave it to us one time. Yeah. No, he said ten weeks. Oh, ten? Yeah, he said ten weeks. It's $120 a week. Where yeah. is where, where on earth do you live that rent is so low that you can pay that? I don't know, dude. It's like the fucking just the Russian film Louise Blue thing. Like, it's one banana. How much could it cost? $10? $10? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what things cost for us. They think, they said, she thought it was high. They, th- they think it's low. Like, oh, what's a fucking box of cereal cost? 25 cents? Yeah, it's the I fucking 50s? Know. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. And... and so two days ago, did you see that the Blue Angels flew over Washington, D.C. to thank our essential workers? Uh, who gives a shit? Yeah. What did it cost to gas up the motherfucking planes? And who got to see it? And why should I give a shit? Yeah. What essential worker is out there getting to look at this? The White House gardener? Like, yeah, exactly. Fuck? It's just, like, so stupid the things they're, like, talking about they're going to do for, like, essential workers. Like, throw on parades. No! Oh. No parades! Don't get me fucking started on all these ads you see now that are, it's like all the slow piano music and it's some huge corporation like Clorox or, you know, Chipotle or something. And it's just mm-hmm. like, we re- we're really glad we're all in this together right now. And, you know, we're, we're so glad that our products are helping you and the, there's people out there who are, and I'm like, yes, and you, you just got like a billion dollar tax break while half your employees lost their job and you're thanking us in a stupid commercial that you bought that you paid twenty dollars for b-roll footage and ten dollars for the music and now you've put it out to the fucking a million people to watch it's really depressing to me how fast companies pivoted to like making commercials about this and explaining yeah. this uh, and this fucking stupid ass celebrities who were just like making these videos like, oh, we're all in this together, you know, here's some stay at home stuff that I like to do. And they live in a fucking mansion that's three stories and they have like eight pools. And it's like, yeah, it wouldn't be, it's not hard for you to be. You don't have any money problems and you have all the space in the fucking world. Nope. Some people are, some people are like living in their cars now. They're not, they don't have it good. No. By the way, he says, I, I have to shout somebody out real quick. Do it. Someone I thought we never would. Oh, uh oh. The vice president of Amazon, Tim oh. Bray. You see what happened there? No. He resigned from Amazon in disgust over their treatment of the warehouse workers that tried to unionize. Well, hey, buddy, how about this? One, good on you. Mm-hmm. And second, it took you this long to realize that Amazon treats their workers shitty? Really? Well, he uh, he said, especially in the, in the in this like, you know, the pandemic and the unionization efforts. He was like, it's bad, but like, so he goes. We can move Tim Bray to the bottom of the kill. Sorry, of the eliminate in the video game. Oh, the video game one v one list. Yes, yeah. he's at the bottom. It says right here though. This is a quote from him that uh, quote remaining an Amazon VP would have meant in effect signing off on actions I despised. So I resigned. The victims weren't abstract entities, but real people. Here are some of their names: Courtney Bowden, Gerald Bryson, Marin Costa, Emily Cunningham, uh, Bashir Mohammed, and Chris Smalls. I'm sure it's a coincidence that every one of them is a person of color, a woman, or both. Right? Wow. So he says right here, 
at the end of the day, it's all about power balances. The warehouse workers are weak and getting weaker, but with mass unemployment and, in the U.S., job-linked health insurance. So they're going to get treated like crap because capitalism, any plausible solution has to start with increasing their collective strength. Did one of us just go and possess the Amazon VP overnight one time? Like, how did all this, how did he just realize all this shit? This straight up Marxism right here. Yeah. He's talking about. You think he just like just started reading the contracts he was signing? He's like, wait a minute, what? Wait, no, this is where the money comes from. It's honestly, as I was reading it, I could not believe that, he, that this has actually happened. Like, I mean, he's still a rich guy and he worked for Amazon, and that sucks. But like, it, I mean, it's wild that he actually did say this. Like, yeah. he realizes what something bad was happening. So I thought, I mean, hey, you know what? I'll give him credit. Vice President Amazon, former Vice President uh, Tim Bray, good on you. Yeah, you, that's a good, that's a, that's a cool move. Good job, man. Oh, by the way, but one Vice President who's not doing so great is Joe Biden. Oh yeah. So did you hear that? So the news is now starting to finally run with the Tara Reid story. Yeah, you know, a year after we all knew about it. Yeah. But did you see? Oh man, it was so it was so it was not funny, but it was incredible. There was a guy who posted that he did not believe Tara Reid's story because of the position of the female vagina, in a contrast to what other kind of vagina, says that she could not have been penetrated with a finger without her help. Um. What? Yeah. Wait. wait he said this, and it turns out he's a Joe Biden. Uh. uh surrogate he's gonna he's a, a a delegate going to the convention to vote for him yeah i mean who else would say that <laughs> dude some literally i saw a person who posted that if joe biden had raped my child i would vote for him over donald trump no what yeah it, it is all coming back to that thing i talked about a little week ago people were like oh he's the better rapist and i'm like that is not the issue the issue is that they are both rapists yes. how are you not seeing this you can't envision a world where a joe biden is not the nominee or b you just don't vote for anybody yeah i i mean it's not that there were alternatives i mean i mean i don't think anybody else in the democratic race was a, was a rapist no. So you had all those options, and trust me, that there were like a hundred of them guys just fucking going in that in that race. I don't even know half the names. I probably couldn't even say. You could have had Seth Moulton. Yes, and, would have, <laughs> and Seth would have been president, <laughs> and that would have been cool. Yes. Um, but yeah, there were other options, and you guys fucking refused them. And now you have to you have to understand that you have nominated a person who is Donald Trump light yes that's all you've nominated they have very few differences the personal lives aside from the fucking where their money comes from pretty much the same terrible people and you've nominated them like i said with the whole like him yelling at people and like like putting his finger in people's face if bernie sanders did that shit he'd be on a fucking cross and now and if donald trump did it all the libs would be like i can't believe he would ever say this to a hard-working american but when Joe Biden does it, all of a sudden, it's like, he's going to fight for us. We, we need somebody like Joe in there talking to Donald Trump. And I'm like, it's the same fucking shit. Yeah. It, I mean, what what makes Joe Biden any better besides that he has a, the fucking D in parentheses in front of his name? What the yeah. fuck? Make, what's the difference? And the really crazy thing is, there is no criticism of, Joe, of Tr- Donald Trump 
that does not also apply to Joe Biden. Like you said, like anything you said about Donald Trump, Joe Biden did the same damn thing. Yes. Appeasing to centrists is not a way to create a political movement and to get a nominee voted. Donald Trump did the fucking opposite. And that's what works. Barack Obama, whether you like him or not, he did that. He he attacked the hope. He was like, even though in the end it kind of was the center, it was different at the time. No, that's how you the, fucking win elections. Obama ran on universal health care, I mean, yeah. the fucking wars, legalizing marijuana, all this stuff that he ran on, which he did not deliver on. Yeah. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter if, if he did it or not. He ran on it and he won. Exactly. The first fucking black president in history also ran on a very left platform. He didn't do it, but it won votes. And please tell me right now, what is Joe Biden's platform? Tell me. I, I mean, I can't name a single policy. He doesn't Go back to Obama. Have any. He doesn't have any. Exactly. He does not have any policies. No. It's it's go back. Hey, what did Obama do? Let's do that again, basically. Exactly. Like, undo all the things Trump did. And you can't do that. You, no. you can't just go back to how it was before. That's what, that's what Donald Trump wants to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, go make America great again. But he's just kind of made America... Or shitty as it kind of already was, just you know, he kind of ex- he kind of exposed how shitty it was already and made it worse. And, and you can't just go back; you have to go forward and make America better. Because what Obama did failed. That's why we have Trump. Yeah. So if you go back to what Obama did again in 2020, 2024, I guarantee fucking you that Chud Turbo Hitler will win in 2024. <laughs> Chud Turbo and you'll be. <laughs> but here's one thing: said that really. Have you seen this? That really fucking burns my fucking butt. This really does. The libs are trying to rehabilitate George W. Bush. Why? He posted a video, like, talking about, like, how this is what a real president does, whatever, like, an anti-Trump thing, basically. And libs were like, oh, my God, remember George W. Bush? How much better he was than than Donald Trump? What a great president he was. George W. Bush is the worst president of my lifetime. Almost of all presidents. Almost. He started two wars. He killed two, over a million people. Two eight years of terms and did more killing and war starting than anybody else. He is a literal mass murderer. And yep. you could say, oh, well, Trump didn't end those wars. No, it did Obama. Yeah, and we, for some reason, every time I've forgiven him because he's just like some dopey uncle. And I'm like, uh, no, he's still fucking awful. And he's worse than Donald Trump. I mean, he's, like I said, he is a dist- incredibly destructive president and almost all of the stuff that had that created the 2008 financial crisis and the stuff that led to obama getting elected and trump getting elected eventually were all created by george w bush every yes. single one of them it's just like okay so he did a lot of bad stuff domestically right like, yeah. a, like a lot of stuff people don't like but people don't they don't process it like they do trump for some reason because most of his crimes happened overseas to brown people and they don't care about them in their lives. Yeah. They couldn't see it, so it's not real. Exactly. All those people who died, all those homes that were lost, all those... And now the extra wars, the terrorism, the death, the murder, the, the rape. The torture. The torture. It's all happening again. It's like it's happening still because of George W. fucking Bush. Yeah. Terrible guy. And rose tinted glasses are like the, the most dangerous thing in the world. Because who was our last good president? I mean, have we had one since have, Roosevelt? Have we had one since Roosevelt is a great question. Because, and Roosevelt still did some bad shit. Yeah, he still did. People look back at Bill Clinton like he's the fucking coolest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the Clinton family is a fucking crook and a rapist and a murderer. Every single mm-hmm. one of them. 
Um, you have H.W. before him. I mean, obviously a scumbag. I mean, we have not had a good president in 40 fucking years. Yeah. More than that. No one that ha- no one in our family has been alive since a good president, I think. No. Maybe JFK or LBJ, kind of. Yeah. LB- Dude, LBJ might have been our last really good one. Here's, you want to fucking really freak your bean here for a second? I read a speech from fucking Richard Nixon. And do you know what he said in that speech? What? America needs a universal healthcare system. Wow. That we need to join our European cousins in getting with the times. Richard Nixon said this. Dwight D. Eisenhower was to the left of every president after him. It's insane. And he was a Republican. Yes, he was. It's just like our... And what we think since Ronald Reagan was elected, that's what Republicans are. It's all neoconservative bullshit. And Reagan really fucked us up, I think, a lot. I mean, Reagan might be in the running for worst president we've ever had. He really, really might be. Um, Because without without him, you don't have a lot of the fucking trickle-down economics and stupid politics we have now. He really spearheaded a lot of that shit. And he won that, dude, he won that election, the re-election, where he just crushed, he crushed, he won all but two fucking states, or no, one state, I believe. And he will say, oh, he was so charismatic. I've watched videos. Not really. Also... I don't care how charismatic you are. Once again, I don't want The Rock to be president, but The Rock has charisma. I'll give him that. Seth, speaking of a president of a, of a wrestler, we should have a president. Have you been hearing much more about Jesse Ventura? Jesse Ventura is the best politician <laughs> right now, maybe besides Bernie Sanders. Yeah, man, and he's trying. He said he's considering uh, taking the Green Party uh, ticket and running for president. Which wow. Given some of his statements, I would I would vote for Jesse Ventura president. Yeah, to be I honest. mean, because like also we're doing a little bit. Of thing. Jesse Ventura has said a bunch of crazy shit in his life. Yeah, a bunch of shit you would never want a president to say. But 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 if my options were Jesse Ventura, Donald Trump, or Joe Biden, Jesse Ventura all the way. I mean, yeah. there is there's no fucking no fucking option there. Well, Jesse Ventura, I saw an interview with him on The View where he said that torture was bad. He said it in 2006. Torture was something we should not be doing and that we should be ashamed and that no one should defend it. And the people on The yeah. View, like, Whoopi fucking Goldberg is talking about how, oh, actually, oh, torture, whatever. And he's like, no, what are you fucking stupid? Like, torture is, yeah. is bad. We shouldn't have that. He's really been stifled for the past couple of years by the New World Order. They, <laughs> they've, really, they've really tried to keep him down, but he's, uh, man, he's still fighting. Howard Stern was like, hey, do you think uh, Obama is actually a Kenyan? And he was like, no, dude, he's actually a CIA agent. (laughs) (laughs) Way better. My man goes one layer deeper. Yeah, Jesse Ventura really, really, he goes for it. I I just wish he had a a radio program that is streamed 24-7 of just him talking. (laughs) I would love it. All right, man, we're getting along here. We should probably go ahead and end it. What do you think? All right, sounds good. All right, man. Well, this has been the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at Seth and on Letterboxd at Knazeras, K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Have you reviewed anything recently? Uh, this past weekend, I watched three movies. I watched um, Mad Max Fury Road, What We Do in the Shadows, and The Shawshank Redemption, oh, okay. which are all fucking fantastic movies. <laughs> yeah. That's a kill, uh, murderer's row of movies. So our third Mike, who is not here, but also is an art for our podcast, is Marcus Barkley. You can find him on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. 
Um, our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before, especially our movie reviews. He has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they both talk about wrestling, and they're from the South. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Uh, fuck George W. Bush. And anyone who thinks that he's cool. Yeah. We have stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois Podcast, baby. We're out. We're out. <laughs>